Hello, my name is John Tonsi, and welcome to the Connect Podcast with Indianola First Assembly. And I'm Joel Simpson, and our goal is to build community and relationships through sharing life experiences and God stories to inspire and connect with each other on a deeper level. So today we're going to sit down with Bryant Houston. So Bryant, where did you grow up? Here in Indianola, born and raised. Lived a little bit up in northwest Iowa. Still have family up there. Still go up there a couple times a year, um, visit. But I mean, Indianola is my town. And yeah, definitely don't see myself going anywhere anytime soon. Nice. What's your favorite childhood memory? Um, grew up just south of town and, uh, it was kind of like a development area and we had a big field behind us growing up, had a great neighborhood, lots of boys in the neighborhood. There was several go-karts involved. It would rain. We'd get the go-karts out or it'd rain and we'd just have like mud football games and being a townie, you know, I've been here my whole life. It's just funny how those relationships grew up for probably kindergarten through sixth grade. I lived out there, still run into people here in town that I really don't have a relationship with them other than when we were growing up as kids. And you could just talk to them like it was yesterday. We don't even talk about that type of stuff, but you talk about your kids and family and what you've been up to. And for a long time, the big topic was asking me about the restaurant and stuff. But it's, yeah, it's just the memories just growing up being a kid. Some some kids don't really live that way anymore. They don't like to get dirty, don't like <laughs> to go outside. But I mean, we were the kids that parents had a hard time bringing us in at dinner time. And then we wanted to go right back out after dinner. And uh, yeah, just the, the little things like that, too. I try to teach my daughter like, oh, this is what we used to do when we were little and uh her being a little girl, it's a little different, but uh, yeah, just good memories growing up, just being a kid, I guess. Um, yeah, that's awesome. That sounds like a good time. I, anything with go-karts or football, that sounds like something I would have been interested in. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> so I assume you went to high school in Indianola. When did you graduate? I graduated in 2008. Graduated a little bit early just so I could work two jobs. I don't know why I did that, but yeah, I graduated at semester. My then girlfriend, now wife, she graduated a couple years ahead of me. That might have been a little motivation to get out of high school early just so we can spend more time together. But yeah, 2008 was my year. Yeah, going after the, the older ladies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, something worked. Been together. It's been 17 years now, married 12. Yeah, we've been going strong for a while. That's awesome. So did you go to college after school or what did you do after high school? Like I said, I graduated early. I used to manage Red Dough Pizza here in town. They didn't open till nighttime. So I did some flooring work for my brother during the day. Then I'd get off work with him, then go to the pizza place and work at night. I did go to DMAC for two years, got an associate's degree. Wasn't a whole lot of motivation behind going to school other than to make my dad proud. Nobody in my family went to college. I was the second oldest Uh, My older brother didn't even graduate high school. I graduated early. My dad was all gung-ho to me to go to school. I did it, and, you know, I went for two years, never had any plans to go any longer than that. I mean, it was funny how I I applied myself differently paying for it. Sure. I was always a good student, but in college, I kind of excelled. I don't know. I studied and did what I had to do, and, uh, yeah, I I, I did well. It's just, I don't know, I I never really had a a goal for school. I never had a job where I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to school and then get this job, rest Restaurants was my life for a long time, 17 years actually. Don't really need a degree for that. I mean, you could get a culinary degree. I've worked with people that have culinary degrees, but I like, I'm like i a hands-on learner. So I like to learn on the job, and that was kind of my forte. So There's a lot of people in the culinary industry that kind of just grow up in it. And my wife's brother is the same way. He worked at the Echo Valley Country Club for years. Now he's the kitchen manager for Splash Downtown. Worked at a bunch of different restaurants and was a sous chef for a while and all 
all that and so now it kind of runs it and so it's just kind of yeah fun industry but yeah if you grow up in it and learn it and there's a lot of opportunity and different things you can do i do know quite a few people that went to culinary school and got burned out way sooner than i even did on the restaurant industry so like you know they went to culinary school and uh lasted a few years in the business and then they're doing something completely different or they're like in food sales which you don't need a culinary degree and Mm -hmm. yeah i just never really set my mind to going to culinary school i was more business minded so i got a business degree the food thing kind of came naturally for me so what was your first job my first job was working with my mom it used to be manly toy direct it was out north of town in the uh, industrial park area i don't know what my job title was other than my mom worked there i mean it was like (laughs) filed papers you know, picked up the mail and brought it to the mail room. I mean, I didn't do a whole lot. It was just kind of a, I had my own cubicle. I thought that was pretty cool at 14 years old, but uh, (laughs) I really don't know what my job title was. It was just, my mom was like, hey, you can come work here. And you know, at the time, minimum wage was 515. And I think I got paid 850 or 875 or something. So I thought I was just rolling in the day. Yeah, for 14. Yeah, my first job was 550 an hour, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because I worked there. It was a, I don't think, because I want to say I went around town applied at every fast food place, every grocery store. I mean, I was motivated to work at 14. I was riding this little 1976 Honda Express around town, you know, (laughs) filling out applications. I I really wanted a job so badly. And my mom, I think, just saw the devastation on my face. Like every time I didn't get hired at a place and she's like, hey, talk to my boss. He said you could work out here. And I ended up working out there. And it was funny because they closed at 5, 530 or something. So I'd get out of school and go out there and work for like an hour a day. But it was short lived because I ended up getting hired up at bread dough pizza I, I took a pay cut but i mean i worked hard for 515 i mean it yeah. was the pay never scared me i just i'm a hard worker so it didn't matter what i was getting paid i was gonna give it 100 percent. i mean i still have that mentality today so so tell us tell us a little bit about your family so my family growing up it was my mom dad had three brothers one older two younger my parents got divorced i think I was probably like late elementary school. It was kind of like a on and on and off again relationship after they got divorced. But uh, I met my wife, Rose, in high school. Um, I was a sophomore. She was a senior. We sat next to each other in accounting class. Actually got separated because we used to like talk and giggle too much. <laughs> so we got our seats separated. But we didn't even start dating then. It was just kind of like, you know, hit it off as kind of friends and uh, then ended up. It was the summer going into my junior year and my wife had just graduated and uh, she totaled her car and all of her friends were out of town at the Ozarks or something. She ended up calling me because she needed to ride and I had this pretty sweet 89 Cavalier Z24. <laughs> Not sweet at all actually, it was a rust bucket. <laughs> but <laughs> So yeah, I picked her up in that and been kind of inseparable ever since. I mean, it was I, I know it was love for, at first sight for me. I mean, if you ask my wife, it, it probably wasn't that for her. She had to see you a couple of times. Yeah. Oh, it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I don't. I, I had to upgrade my car before she was like, oh, yeah, okay, he's all right. But no. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then my wife and I got married in uh, 2011. We bought our house. We actually bought a house together a year before we got married. Um, we still live in the same house, so we've got, I'm kind of the old man on the block now. I've been there, <laughs> I've been there 13 years, I think, and seen a lot of turnover in the neighborhood, but I'm still holding it down there. Our daughter came along in 2016, Olivia. She's super fun. She's super athletic, loves to play sports, talks nonstop. I don't know where she gets that from, but... <laughs> 
the three of us. We'd like more. God hasn't done that for us yet, but we're still praying on it. I know my daughter definitely wants a sibling. Like every time she brings a piece of paper home from school, what are your goals? What are your dreams? What do you wish for? It's always a sibling every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, just tell her to keep praying on it. And she's like, Dad, I do. I do every day. <laughs> <laughs> she knows what to do. It's just uh, patience is not everybody's friend sometimes. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So tell us how you started coming to Indiana first. Our daughter, Olivia, was just born. And at that point in our life, Rose's mom had just passed away. It was just her dad. Her dad was in a rough spot. My parents, like I said, have been divorced for a long time. Uh, my mom was actually living like hour 45 minutes away. My dad owned a restaurant and was pretty married to the restaurant. I mean, he never left. We felt like we had nobody. Mm. It was just a weird spot to be in right after having a kid. You hear so many stories of the, oh, we had a kid and they had meals brought to him for a week or my mom moved pretty much moved in with me for a week to help take care of that first week and we didn't have any of that and we had friends that were coming here they talked about church quite a bit and we just kind of saw the relationships that they had Mm. I think the relationship is what brought us here we're like yeah let's give it a try we kind of and like my grandparents too um, they my whole life went to church my whole life at Christmas they're reading from the Bible and telling the story of Jesus and my grandpa praying every every meal and I just saw the life they're living and I want a piece of that I'm to start going to church. So we had friends that invited us here. Pastor Barry ended up, you know, I think it was first or second time we were here, Pastor Barry pulled us aside and was, hey, we'd love to take you out to dinner. And we ended up going over to Sports Page and uh, had dinner with him and Alyssa. And Olivia was probably six months old, eight months old, I want to say. We were definitely not living the straight and narrow life or nothing like that. And uh, we're talking to Pastor Barry and he was just kind of telling us how to let Jesus into our heart and how we, you know, go about that. And he was like, what do you think? I'm like, well, I don't know. What do you think? think I, I still drink and party all the time can I still go to church even if I do that kind of like am I a good enough type situation yeah, to sure. go to church and he's like absolutely come as you are we'd love to have you I mean we had a good street going for a lot of years of being here every Sunday unless we're out of town or something we wouldn't show up but from pretty much day one coming here we made it a priority to be here on Sundays that kind of led to Wednesdays and I guess everybody goes through seasons where you're here a lot and then you're not here but it wasn't like an overnight process or nothing but we started coming in here and uh, gosh, I can't remember what year it was we got baptized. It was probably probably pretty bad, but it, it was probably th- three years ago we got baptized because uh, getting baptized is a big deal. And before we got, because me and my wife got baptized at the same time, it was kind of a wrestling match with God, I guess. I know I shouldn't be doing things, but I was still doing them, but I'm still here on Sunday, so this is okay. But yeah, we uh, just really love it here. We've made some friends. Definitely found out you kind of get what you put in, and uh, if you're not doing all the things, you're not really getting everything you can out of it. Yeah, we we really like it here and love being a part of the church family. That that was really what we wanted in the beginning was more relationships because we felt like we didn't have them. And, you know, we definitely developed some relationships and through those relationships kind of pointed us in the right direction, I guess. That's awesome. That's a great story. And just so many different pieces there, just from being a friend to somebody and just being around and just opening that door to say, hey, would you want to come to church? And just encouraging others to do that too, of just, it, it can change a life just by, by simply just being real and authentic. It draws people in to what God is doing in and through your life. You talked about your grandparents. I don't know how many stories there are about grandparents praying for their grandkids and how at some point in time, God answers that prayer and, and changes that life and just encouragement for for people just keep praying keep yeah. praying keep pursuing keep living it and sharing the the joy and you letting your light shine 
and how that can change somebody's life and draw people in saying like i want that you yeah. know because that's that's what if we're living it out if we're letting our light shine truly and letting jesus live through us that's what everybody should be saying everybody should be, i want what they have yeah i'm looking for and they come and seek us out and say hey what do you got going on and that's being a witness versus just witnessing and just living it out and people are drawn to that and just the authenticity of just truly being a christian and and letting him live in and through you it's so powerful yeah it's watching my grandparents and it took me till i was coming to church for a couple years but then it it took conversations with my grandparents about jesus and about what we're doing and what god did through their lives before it really it was eye-opening i mean i was honestly 29 30 years old before i really jumped two feet in i mean i was coming here felt like i was doing everything i could but really i knew there's more i should be doing and some things i shouldn't be doing i guess <laughs> but uh yeah it was just uh and i'm, I'm kind of in a weird spot not weird spot i'm just kind of in a tough spot right now because my grandparents who mean so much to me my grandmother just passed away Mm. two three weeks ago i'm sorry thank you it was and it was right when i closed the deli my grandma uh, had cancer and her uh, liver was failing i just closed the deli and in that god's timing that gave me time to actually go spend with my grandma Mm -hmm. stopping by there just sitting down having conversation with her it was just amazing to see the situation she was in and the smile that was on her face Mm. It brought peace to the situation. It really did. Just seeing how she was handling it. She knew where she was going. It gave me just opportunity to have just real conversation with her. Nobody else around. Just me and her sitting in her room. And she was always cold-blooded. So, like, the room was like 100 degrees. And uh, <laughs> it was actually the last conversation I had with her. I stopped by there. I was just talking with her. And she told me, I don't know how much longer I'm going to make it. And, you know, smiling, of course. And I'm like, oh, Grandma. Well, I, you know, I just told her how much I appreciated her and the example she set before me. And it was the first time, only time, I was like, Grandma, can I pray with you? And we prayed together. And after I prayed, I just gave her a big hug and didn't let go of me until she goes, it must be hot in here. You're sweaty. (laughs) 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 And we both laughed. And it was just amazing. Just she had hospice care. You know, in those last week and a half, I want to say, in her house, and her to laugh and be in that situation, but just the joy she had in her heart because she lived for Jesus for a lot of years. It was just amazing to see. And, uh, you know, I had been texting her some just scripture, you know, and I'd read something in the Bible app or something. Pretty easy to forward that stuff because it's just right there on your phone. And I'd just read something that reminded me of her and I'd forward it to her. And I was just so honored to, at the funeral service, the pastor asked me to speak. Mm-hmm. And I was just completely humbled by that um, opportunity. It really made just God's work through me just, it felt like it really came full circle because my grandma knew, obviously knew me my whole life. She saw my struggles I had and she knew where I had been and all the things I shouldn't have been doing. And she always loved me, never quit loving me. And it was just amazing to just watch her live her life. And now my grandpa is in kind of the same situation in hospice care. And it's just laying there saying, I'm just waiting for the good Lord to take me home. And He's just as happy as could be. And I'm just like, that's what I want to be. <laughs> I want to I want to know I lived my life the best I could and did all the good things. And uh, obviously want to grow old and all that stuff. And just know when it's my time that I got a smile on my face and I know where I'm going. I'm going home. Because that's just really what my grandpa just keeps telling me. And it's it brings a weird peace to the situation when it, mm. it's that way. It's really the first two deaths in my life that I've experienced that. And it's been interesting to say the least. 
So Amen. yeah, just seeing people live that out and just having that peace going through what can be a difficult time. But when you really think about it in light of eternity, it's just a transition of some. I mean, it's really better. I and mean, even Paul talks about, it, I'd rather be, I'd rather be in heaven than here. But I'm here because all y'all that you know, God wants <laughs> to use me for you. And uh, but if if that wasn't the case, I'd I'd happily go <laughs> off to heaven. Yeah, I think sometimes we forget that. But when you really truly look at it from that that eternal perspective it should be super peaceful and joyful to just know my time's around the corner and I think about that my own life and sure it's easy to think about the relationships around us but at the end of the day God loves people around us more than we do it's also just that peace of knowing that if if it's my time it's my time and God's got it figured out because Mm -hmm. they're his kids first before they're my family and so just keeping that perspective and having that peace and being able to live in that peace that Christ gives us, knowing that we're his, we can walk in confidence and peace in that is incredible. And so just hearing that and, and the opportunity to kind of experience that and then wanting that for other people. Yeah. That's how I look at it is just, I want other people to be able to experience that peace that comes with that. Because how many people yeah. live in fear? Or anxiety or, or whatever. Yeah. And it's like God's just right there saying, I got all the peace you need right here. That kind of reminded me, I like to listen to Judah Smith. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Judah Smith. Um, no, he has awesome podcasts on uh, Spotify. He's a preacher from Seattle, Washington, does a lot of stuff in LA and Seattle. Church Home is uh, the church he represents, I guess, when he represents God. But anyway, I was listening to a podcast just a couple of days ago. And it was about the journey, and we're, we're here on this earth, and we think the journey is getting that car, getting that job, mm. getting the jewelry, getting the clothes, and when we don't get those things, we get so upset that we're failing at our journey, but really the journey is to make it to heaven, and it's just the classic story of you can't take those things with you. It was a great podcast just about the journey of Jesus Christ, not all the things we want to obtain on this earth. It's really good. If you guys haven't listened to Judah Smith, he's and he's he's kind of a comedian as well. So awesome. it, it, it's a yeah, fun I'm listen. I'm excited yeah. to check it out. Yeah, I, I'm it's always looking listen. for good uh, podcast recommendations. Yeah, and that. that's great. Um, this was somebody I went to church with at a different church, but I remember him talking about how we forget how great heaven is. We think about all the things in this life that we want to experience or we want to have or whatever, and it's just heaven is so much more. Yep. We're selling ourselves short when we're limiting our, our thoughts to just what's here and attaining just what's here. But heaven is fantastic and beyond what we can think. It's so much better than whatever it is we think it is. It's better than that. It's something to get excited about. It's something to look forward to, not be worried about, not be worried about, well, what are all the things I missed out on here, right? Like we don't need FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. We need to We need to be excited about where we're going. And that journey is... The, the consistent piece of it is Christ through it, now and then. We're pursuing him, and we're living for him, and we will be then, and and we are now. And that's the, the consistent piece of it, is just that journey of pursuing him and being used for his kingdom, mm-hmm. because his is the eternal kingdom. And we're going to spend a whole lot more time there than we are here. Yep. And it's okay to obtain some of those things while we're here, but the focus should be on Jesus and the end story. So. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, it's so great to see and encouraging to to see how the impact of a life, what they can have for their family. When you think about your grandparents and, and the example they were for you and, 
and what that now means for you and your wife and your daughter and your family overall and your family legacy, how that changes everything from where, where it was before mm-hmm. and what it could have been without that. It's, it's truly incredible. Yeah, it was great to watch. I mean, I said at the service for my grandma, I talked about how she lived a quiet life. She did a lot of things and she was very successful at what she did and she worked very hard, but she did it quietly. The number one thing she did was she loved her family and she was always there for us and it didn't matter how bad we messed up. She was going to greet us at the door with a hug and a smile. It was guaranteed. Even when she could barely get up out of the chair, she was still going to greet us at the door with a hug and a smile. I mean, it was something she was kept consistent my whole life. I know that. I was thinking about when you were talking about it, what joy it brought to your grandmother to see you growing in Christ. Mm -hmm. And then not only that, before she passes, you're praying with her and it's the first time and the last time you got to pray with her, but you got to pray with her and prayer that she constantly had for you. She got to see that being fulfilled. Yeah. Amen. I mean, she, it's awesome. It's awesome to see God, God working. My grandparents were actually, I mean, they don't miss church for nothing, but when I got baptized, they were here. You know, I came out from back and my grandparents met me right there in the foyer and they just gave me the biggest hug and my grandpa just gripped me tight. He said, this is the best decision you'll make in your life. Amen. I cannot argue that. I mean, from that day on, I I really took my relationship with Jesus seriously. It's just been amazing the changes that have come after that. Mm. Yeah, that's so cool. So cool. You've talked a little bit about the deli and and kind of what's going on there. Tell us how you got into that, kind of how that came to be, and then um, over the years, and then recently you mentioned closing it. Talk us through that that story. I had worked there since about 2010. When Rose's parents were running it, I... I came in there because my father-in-law had knee replacement. He trained me up for a few weeks, then he had his knee replacement, and then that knee knee replacement lasted like a year and a half due to staph infection and having to get it re-re-replaced and, uh, you know, physical therapy, all that stuff. So I ended up staying there a lot longer than I wanted to. I mean, 12 years longer, actually. <laughs> um, but that's just when there's a job to be done, I step up and do it. Um, when he finally came back to work... They like to argue all day long, and it got to be a lot for me within a couple months. And, you know, I talked to Rose, and I was like, I can't work there. She's like, then don't. So I uh, ended up going back to doing flooring with my brother. That's kind of like something I always fall back on when I need something to do is I do do flooring. I went and worked with him for a little while, and then I ended up getting a job up at Wellmark Blue Cross Blue Shield. I think I was a chef, actually, but I've never claimed that title. Um, Worked there for a few months, then I wound back up at the deli. It was rather good timing because I wound up back there, and I wasn't there very long. I was working with my mother-in-law one night. She ended up having a stroke. I I thought something was off. I ended up calling my father-in-law. I was like, hey, you need to get up here. Something's wrong with your wife. And he got there. Um, This was like the week before Christmas, which was the busiest time of the year at the deli, and they took her up to the hospital. She was there for like a week, um, didn't didn't survive. Mm. And so for about a year, I worked under my father-in-law, which didn't want it anymore. I ended up purchasing the deli in 2016, January 2016. Me and my wife bought it, but it quickly turned to my baby. Rose, she worked there for about six months, five, six months on Saturday. She worked with me, but then she's always worked at uh, Polk County Recorder's office, carried the benefits and everything up there. So it was very important that she stayed there. She was pregnant with Olivia. So she worked, like I said, till I don't know, probably I'd say April or May. Yeah, about May. I want to say she worked with me. After Olivia was born, we were in the hospital. I was 
planning on taking a week off to be there in the hospital with my wife and the cooler goes down. I'm like, oh gosh. So I'm running back and forth between the hospital and work, even though I wasn't supposed to be working. That story just continued for seven years, eight, almost eight years of owning it. I mean, it was just, I could never pull myself away from there. Um, mm. I was... I was like, all right, I'm going to take this Saturday off. Well, I'd take a Saturday off, and then I'd have to work extra hours to get everything ready because I took Saturday off, and things weren't done the way I wanted it to be done. Um, I was very good at what I did there, and I hear that a lot. And like now that I'm no longer there, people are like, oh, well, I can't believe you're not there anymore. You're so good at it. And, you know, I appreciate those compliments. I really do. It's just like I said, I, I almost, looking back on it, I almost knew it right there when my daughter was born in July of that very first year we owned it. Even when you're not there, you're you're there. Your mind's there thinking about things or things going okay. You install security cameras and you're looking at your phone all the time at the cameras. But by the end of owning it, um, we just closed the doors. End of July this year was the last time I was open. But up until that moment, I mean, it was my life. Mm. Didn't matter how much I tried to put my family first. That place was my life. That's like what I always thought about. And unfortunately, like it was the classic scenario of my customers got the best and my family got the rest. Mm. I oftentimes Rose would be like, well, how come you're so nice to customers? And then you come home like this. <laughs> That's a tough challenge, right? I mean, you know, I was very good at customer service, but that comes with a price and the price was usually paid for by my family. Mm. Um, and that went on, like I said, about the whole time I owned it. I enjoyed the relationships I developed while I was there. Um, I loved just the, day-to-day conversations I had, the people that went to Simpson and then graduated, and then they would come back the very next year just to like visit, and they would have to come in there to see me. It was amazing. Just those those little pieces of the job were amazing, and I do miss, um, but you know, you can develop those relationships elsewhere other than just work. But yeah, this, this year, I actually put the business for sale January, the very beginning of the year. Um, Rose and I talked. Had, had a rough... Thanksgiving Christmas season just I didn't have help after COVID we survived COVID actually thrived through COVID but I felt like COVID really hit me about two years after and that Mm. was the employment I couldn't couldn't find employees it was wild you know employees means I'm working all the time and I just never really got to the point where I could take more than like a Saturday off if I if I wanted to take any time off I had to close and Mm. doing that was tough on me I it's not what I wanted to do. And then you'd go to the grocery store or something and people would go, oh, why are you closed? I wanted to go in there yesterday and you weren't there. And as much as that shouldn't affect me as much as it did, it, it really did. It, it hit me hard and I would walk out of the store all mad and I'm like, I can't believe they stopped me and said that. And I guess I just take things way too personal sometimes and work is something I care a lot about. It's not, it don't matter where I'm at. I, I do care a lot about work. Just uh, kind of got to the point where Rose and I had a lot of conversations for, honestly, quite a few years about it. Yeah, January, we posted it for sale, and I kind of kept it under the table on posting it for sale. I didn't want to put a sign out front and then everybody coming in devastated before it Mm. even happened type thing. Yeah. But it got to the point where knowing it's for sale, having no help, hiring, like that. the last few months I was open, I hired three different people. I think they amounted to about a week and a half between the three. Yeah. One quit, one showed up for like two hours and then decided didn't want to work there no more. Had another one just take some shirts and never actually show up. I mean, it was it was pretty devastating. Sucked the life out of me for sure. And it got to the point where I was getting up later and later for work. 
even though I know I should be there earlier than I, sh- you know, cause I had no help. So it's like, you got to get there earlier to get all the work done. But I just found myself getting up later and later as the months were going on. Finally Rose, I don't know if it was Rose that said it or I said it, but I'm like, I'm just going to close. I'm like, I, I got to I got to close and then I can put that for sale sign on it and I won't have to be there every day to talk about it. So yeah, we posted it for sale. Um, actually started, you know, closing the doors kind of was jump started it had a lot of interest right away people were blown up my facebook hey how do i buy it unfortunately it hasn't been that easy my landlord hasn't been the greatest to work with on a new renter Mm. so we've actually had two deals that uh, couldn't come to terms on the lease with the landlord so the deals fell through working on a third one currently so keep praying on that because ultimately you know i would like to sell it and be a customer there one day we'll see what god has in store for that actually had another business venture I tried getting into, like, I don't know, it was probably two years ago. Yeah, two years ago, I think January, I bought the old Rudy's down in Lacona. Ended up remodeling that. I guess long story short on that is it was just kind of a dream that died. I had this dream. I was all super motivated. Talked to Rose about it, and I was like, I really think I wanted to do that so I'd have something to fall back on because I knew I wanted to sell the deli. Mm. Looking further into that, I, I realized... Those were two very forced decisions that I made because when I bought the deli in 2016, there was a lot of family drama that I'm not going to get into on this podcast, but it was actually probably about October 2015, so you know, a couple months before we actually went through with buying it, I pulled the plug on it. I said, I don't want to buy it. I don't want to work here no more. I want a normal job. After conversation with Rose's family, they're like, well, you have to. And I'm like, no, I don't. Well, I ended up doing it anyway. And even not wanting to do it, I feel like I did a good job and applied myself 100% just because that's who I am. And then kind of this same situation with that Rudy's building. It was a little easier because I wasn't so attached to that. Didn't really do anything with it um, other than work a lot of late nights. But it was just a very forced decision. You know, the stars weren't lining up, but I still kept pressing forward because I'm like, I'm, I'm, I got to finish this. I got to finish it. And now that I got that for sale too, I'm like, did I really have to do all this? Being a forced decision, I didn't feel like it was really meant for me. I don't think it was what I should have been doing, but I did it anyway for a lot of years. And uh, now that I sold that or working on selling them, I, I do have a new job and it's going really well. I, I'm super happy and got way more energy, got you know, fitness has been a huge thing my whole life, and I'm back to doing that five, six days a week. There for my family a lot more. I'm a lot happier at home. So I know I made the right decision in the end. As hard as, hard as it was for the community, what I did, it was for my family, and I stick to that. And yeah, it's been okay. So yeah, that's quite a story, and just a lot of different ups and downs. And I think a lot of people, especially if they've owned a business, they could relate to a lot of the ups and downs that comes with that and sacrifices you do have to make and the trouble and the struggles that come with that. And ultimately you have to figure out what are my priorities? You know, where does that lie? And what do I want? What's best for the family? What's God asking us to do? I know God was telling me it's God, family, then work. But I had that twisted for a lot of years. So Yeah, so tell us a little bit more about your relationship with God going through all of that. How did you see him working in and through those and things or lessons learned as you reflect and how maybe he was active through that process as you look back over that? 
looking back on it, those first few years, I was just working. I was kind of like one foot in, one foot out at church, but I was always putting work first, always putting work first, you know, doing that whole thing for a lot of years. You know, I heard a sermon from Pastor Barry, and it was, you know, pretty early on coming to church, and it was exactly what I just said about putting God first, then your family, then or first my wife, then my daughter, and then work, because that was something I had, I struggled with for a while, too, was by family, I was kind of putting, both me and my wife were putting our daughter first, mm. and uh, we find out, I think everybody finds out, when you put your spouse first, it's just interesting how things just go way, way smoother in the house. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 yeah my, my dad would always say, it was me and her long before you came along. And it'll be us when you leave. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And it is. I see that so much in, uh, with my wife and I. I mean, it's, it's difficult on a day in and out basis because there, there are a lot of things you want to do for the kids and getting that priority right. So important. To, so yeah. important to your marriage and your kids. It actually is better for your kids when they see you putting your spouse first. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I heard that sermon and, you know, we used to be open six days a week there. And I'm like, Rose, I know we're close Sundays, but I would come to church. And the first thing I'd do when I leave church, guess where I went, John? To work. I went you to work. I, I'd get down to church and I'd go to work and I'd prep. And there were a lot of be, it'd be a lot of times I wouldn't get home till four or five. And then I'm like, oh shoot, I got to mow the lawn or, you know, whatever it was. Where's the time for the family? So I'm like, all right, I'm going to start closing Mondays and then I'm not going to step foot in there on Sundays. That worked out okay when I had some help there because then I'd have my help going on Mondays and I would have a day for family and then I'd have a day to kind of just not necessarily work, but I kind of go to the grocery store and drop some groceries off and do my book work and stuff. But every time I got into a groove, there's a speed bump and then I'd wind up right back there. I'd, lo I'd lose somebody and then I'd have to, because what ended up happening was like I ended up you know, my Mondays turned into me doing everything and I'd try to schedule like doctor's appointments or chiropractor appointments or massage. That was kind of nice to do once in a while. But I'd have to go to work for two hours, then go to an appointment and then go back to work and then go to another appointment and then go get my daughter and then I'd have to drag her back to work. And it was just got pretty exhausting. And then your day is dragging out even longer. Yeah. You're just not being productive in that right. short little spurts. I was, ha I was struggling with workers, you know, just a lot of drama or just, you know, somebody with a drinking problem or, you know, it seemed like I always had somebody working for me with a substance problem. And, uh, I'm like, all right, I'm going to be the light for these people. And I'm, you know, I'm going to listen to Christian music. I'm going to always give them a second chance. And man, that really caught up to me. A lot of the time it was just the last guy that worked for me. He lasted a week. He was doing a pretty okay job. And then he shows up just completely hammered. And I'm like, Hey, why don't you come here a second? And he comes over to me. And this was within two minutes of him being there. I'm like, are you drunk? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, you're going to have to go home. And I was, like, and he started talking. I'm like, no, 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 just listen. Just please listen. He's like, yeah. I'm like, go home. Let's forget this even happened, and we'll do it again tomorrow. He's like, but you're going to send me home? I was like, yeah, you, you got it. You can't work this way. I'm like, seriously, just, just stop talking. Go home. We'll try it again tomorrow. Well, he never showed back up. Mm. I didn't yell. I didn't. I mean, I was mad. Don't get me wrong. But I didn't yell. I, I gave him a second chance. I'm like, let's do this again. You're better than this man. And uh, yeah, he ended up just not showing back up. And I was like, man, it's just, and the, you know, it was all these things I tried to do that I felt God was doing through me. Just be the light. Be the, the good example. 
That was something my whole life, even before I came to church, I always tried to lead by example. When I started letting Jesus do things through me, I was really trying to lead by example. And it was just, I guess, funny looking back on that because the only lady that she worked for me for eight years. She actually worked there for my father-in-law for about a year before she worked for me. But she's a Christian, born and raised in church. It was just interesting how that played out, how she watched me grow in my relationship with Jesus. We had a lot of conversations at work. Like if I had questions, I'd bring them to her. And it was just pretty beautiful to like how that played out. Even after closing the deli, you know, I still try to reach out to her, either her or her husband just to say, hey, because really we became family. Mm. She was always there for me. It was just, like I said, it was just interesting how she was a Christian, born and raised in church, and then look who stuck it out with me for eight years. And I closed the doors, too. It was just me and her, and then I had a dishwasher, but, you know, it was just me and her running the day to day. And she said to me the day we closed, and there was some tears shed. I didn't, I didn't see it coming either because I was so happy to close, but that last day when I was throwing stuff away and getting rid of it, you know, just closing it down for good, I mean, a lot of tears came. I didn't expect that from both me and her, and she hugged me tight and was like, I'm so proud of you. She really, you know, was around me more than my wife, honestly. I mean, for eight mm. years, it was me and her working eight, 10, 12-hour days together, and she, you know, really watched me grow and... uh meant a lot to me to hear hear her say she was proud of me and uh yeah she was a great lady i love her yeah i think especially for people that are doers right i'm that way too you know we're we're, we're so action oriented and we just want to we want to do things we want to make things happen and i know what god's been working on me is is just letting go of that a little bit it's kind of like we want to be in control like we want to make it all happen and we and we want to force it and if we're just patient and kind of give that up and just put it at the foot of the cross and just give it to him he can take it and do so much more than all the things we're trying to do and then if we just kind of step back and then just follow him and what he has for us instead of us feeling like we got to go make it happen it's amazing what he can do and how much peace that brings to to our life and and the blessings that come along with that and i think i've, I've seen that a number of times and there's a scripture it talks about be still and know that i'm god just taking that time to just step back and say god's got this I don't have to yeah. go figure this all out. I don't have to make it happen. He loves me. He's going to take care of me. He has He has what's best for me in mind. And just rest in that peace. Yeah. And be able to then walk in that. And that's and that's hard for people that are super motivated and like doers, you know, and we're like, make it happen. Effort's not the problem here, right? <laughs> but sometimes that becomes the problem because we're too focused on just what we can do versus letting go and let him do it. Yeah, because that perfect segue into what I'm doing now, I closed the doors of the deli and it was amazing. I mean, A, the support of the community and the decision I made. Because that was something I, you know, I, I definitely feared. I was like, oh man, there's going to be so much backlash. I'm going to have to delete my Facebook. It's going to be ridiculous. And it was complete opposite, really. And there was a few naysayers. There always is. I mean, people supported me. And yeah, they missed my food. But, you know, they supported my decision. It was for my family. And two was the job offers that came my way. Within three days, I had a handful of job offers. And I told everybody, I'm going to take a month for me and my family. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing I did. I had a lot of catching up to do house projects uh, <laughs> those never end never end and I, I quite honestly like I mean I did a few things but it was just enjoying like dropping my daughter off to school picking her up actually going to soccer practice sitting in a chair watching the practice I mean all things I've never done before hmm. 
not check the cameras at work just yeah making sure. i mean just all well it was funny because i got cameras but then i ended up being there all the time so what, what good did that do but <laughs> you're just uh, watching yourself <laughs> but yeah that first thing i did was i took a solid month to you know i i did a few projects here and there but i didn't work for anything you know i had a lot of job offers but i like you said be still and just know i'm with you and uh it was amazing how you know how much more time i took to spend in the bible in the in that first month of being closed time i had with my family and then just kind of things just started falling in my lap um the law enforcement thing i applied here at indianola police department and that was upon a you know i had an officer call me and they're like hey sorry to hear about the deli and i totally think you should apply here i was like what i'm like you think so you think i'm like you know it's the same thing with coming to church so i was like you think i'm good enough for that and he's mm-hmm. like absolutely i'm like well i got a bit of a past uh <laughs> you know and he's like no seriously like give it a try i think you'd be a great fit that hiring process is kind of long um and i was waiting for i don't know probably i was like i filled out that application right away but then i just waited and then while i was waiting um the job i'm at right now i'm at the jail as a jailer detention officer whatever the proper term is um and uh that just kind of you know an email sent to me and was like hey I'd love to have you work for me and I was like really and I, I was just blown away because 16 year old Bryant never saw that coming I'll tell you that <laughs> but that's just you know God working through me I feel like and just living for the right things and it's honestly kind of a way you know I kind of had military dreams right out of high school and I just never followed through with it just because I was just always so deep into restaurants and had a girlfriend all that stuff you know I it's definitely a way for me to kind of get that military dream I guess in is just getting into law enforcement you know I, I'm at the jail right now but I definitely have a goal to be patrol here in a couple of years you know whether it's city police or sheriff's department but like I said I'm a townie I'm not going nowhere so it's gonna be Warren County or Indianola <laughs> so nice um but yeah just be patient and uh, work hard and be honest and just see where that leads is what I'm doing so so what do you what do you do for fun I know I know it doesn't sound like you have a whole lot of time for for fun but I uh, didn't for a lot of what, years what do you plan on yeah, doing yeah yeah, for yeah. Fun? yeah there you yeah. go here you go <laughs> Nah, for fun though, I like I, I like I said, fitness is a huge thing for me. I love to work out. Got like some weights in the garage. Then uh, right out of high school, uh, I got into boxing, and it was actually my senior year of high school. Um, got into boxing. It was like some me and two or three friends were going to this. It was Southeast Wine Boxing Club, and they were like, "Oh, it's so cool!" And they totally just did it to say they did it because. My coach, I mean, it's funny if you, you know, he'll tell, he tells the story every time I see him. He's like, I never thought you were going to be the one that lasted, but <laughs> I, I just stuck around. I mean, I, I was, I was there for probably three, four years straight. You know, I probably had 20 some fights and, uh, all amateur, but 2009 Golden Glove champion. Mm-hmm. So I, I got into it pretty heavy there until honestly the deli took over my life in my early twenties. And, uh, yeah, just being on my feet all day long, it just, didn't leave a lot of motivation for working out but um got into mountain biking a little bit that was probably three years ago I finally like got a decent bike and I'm like all right I'm gonna mountain bike and then coming to church too like you gotta make time for your family but you also gotta have you time but that was tough especially when I was owning the deli it was like well if I took any me time well there goes me and my wife doing anything because you know I took one night for myself Um, so yeah I was I was mountain biking like I'd try to go out every Friday night and mountain bike I was always going to Banner then I found out there's way better trails than Banner. I mean, they're they're fun trails. Don't get me wrong. That's where I ride most of the time. But yeah. that's because I can ride there from my house. So yeah, it's too convenient. It's to too much work to go somewhere else. <laughs> but I, I had one good s- summer of riding about every Friday, and then I blew out the back tire. 
Mm. I went and got it fixed, and then I just never rode my bike again. I, I seriously have, like, this is my second year now where I haven't even gotten it off the wall in the garage. It's kind of sad. I was just a banner last night. Were you? Was- <laughs> it, it's fun. I, I love. I loved it. It was just, yeah, I just, that's something I definitely want to get back into. It, it was fun. It's kind of a little rush, you know, kind of makes me feel like a kid again, you know, out ripping some trails on a bike. I don't know. It's been really fun watching my daughter play sports. That's something kind of we're getting into. She wrestles. I'd like to be a little more involved in that because she wrestled last year and it was honestly cut short because I was working all the time and that's something I actually have weekends off I'm on like a six day on three day off schedule you're gonna get her into boxing too I mean you know she sounds like a tough kid I'm like I I took her up there one time she didn't care for it all that much (laughs) Um, but I mean she's super young I don't know I can't say I'd ever push a kid into boxing yeah I was gonna say I don't know that's a good plan I was just curious unless they're like me and they're just super motivated to do it I'm not gonna say no obviously but like yeah I don't think I'll ever push my daughter into that (laughs) but she's missing enough teeth right now anyway so But yeah, I don't know, just sports and... What's something you look forward to? Right now, I look forward to actually having days off. I mean, it's great <laughs> to like have a schedule that's written out for months ahead of time and have scheduled days off. I can't tell you how much I look forward to that now. I mean, it's it's awesome. Mm, yeah, you bet. That's one thing with my business. When we first started, I only had Sundays off. And then I would close the store on Tuesdays, but I'd still work on Tuesday. We struggled with that a lot. And then it was maybe a year later, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. So we scheduled two days that I am off and I I do not go to work. And that was the mentality I had. It, it's just I couldn't stick to it for more than like a week or two. And I was just right back to doing the same old thing. I felt like the only way I could get away from it was to actually get away from it. I mean, it's been a short, short time right now, but I really enjoy working at the sheriff's office in the jail, just being around some different people, way different pace of the day. I'll tell you that restaurant businesses go, go, go. Like I'd be super busy and people would be like, oh no, it, it's fine. Take your time. And I'd look at them and be like, I'm in the wrong business for that. <laughs> you know, you can't take your time when people want things. Yeah. I, I just really like what I'm doing and I, I have goals within what I'm doing now that are obtainable. I'm very goal oriented. So it's nice to be working in the jail and know that I want to be in patrol in a couple of years. And that's something I can totally do because I'd set goals of being a, a business owner. Goals were like, take a day off or, you know, one, one Saturday off a week, but there's so many variables to get that goal to happen that were quite honestly out of my control that unless I just close it. Yeah. I just, it was kind of a battle I just gave up on. And, um, you know, I did my best up to that very last day and, just knew that I had to uh, close the doors for my family and to be a better better father, better husband, better brother, better friend. I mean, I, I had to do it. So Yeah, yeah. So now that you're at the jail and you have scheduled time off, have you planned a vacation yet? I can't remember if it was my daughter or wife because she's on... She's on break right now. I was like, well, I got to bank some time up first. I just started, <laughs> but <laughs> but it's nice to see, you know, it accumulating already. So yeah, we definitely actually recently, like it was right when, probably right when we actually made the decision to, you know, put the business for sale. We, Pastor Barry told me, you got to write down some goals. You know, I got four pages and they're not all filled out, but I got four pages reserved for a hundred goals that Rose and I kind of just sat down and filled up a page. It's pretty easy that first time you start writing them. It's just, you know, you're writing all these 
these things down. But, you know, since we wrote down all the fun things to do, you know, it's like we want to go on a cruise. Um, one goal I have is to, t- you know, take a couple's vacation every year and then a family vacation every mm-hmm. year. You know, those those two things are definitely something I look forward to is family and wife time. You know, I've taken a few weekend trips over the last few years, but I haven't been on a real vacation since December 2019, I think. We went to Mexico, so it's been a while. Mm-hmm. I'm itching for a beach, I'll tell you that. I hear you. <laughs> okay, so I feel like you, you're you going to have a good answer for this one, but what's the most daring thing you've ever done? Um, I mean, I feel like getting in a boxing ring is pretty daring. Yeah, I'm just it, saying. <laughs> it was. Bought his father-in-law's business. Yeah, yeah, that yeah that's true. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I make a lot of bold moves, Joel. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, one mentality I always have is say, I'm like, I ain't scared because yeah. um, I'm not. I mean, I, I'll try anything. I mean, I... Just got tased last week. That was that was a rush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a rush. I mean, it put me down, but I was I hopped right up. I'm like, oh, they're ex- lay down. I gotta get the prongs out of you. I'm like, oh my bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Most daring. I took an MMA fight one time. It was uh, when it was like unsanctioned at bars. I was I was 19 <laughs> oh. years old. Oh. <laughs> I was 19 years old. Had a fake ID. Took an MMA fight. It was uh, Uncle Bucks up in Des Moines. Yep. And. Uh, yeah, I had, it, it didn't end well. <laughs> it, it was a, it was a KO, and I was on the receiving end of that KO. Um, but I, I don't know. I yeah, I didn't really hit on. I don't know. I back in the day, I got in some street fights. That was pretty stupid, but those are pretty daring. I mean, you're yeah. I, I used to do a lot of stupid things. So it's really like when you say most daring, I'm like, I don't know. It's, where do I start? <laughs> And I used to ride for it. Like I, you like dirt bikes, right? Yeah. I, I when I was like about sixteen ish, I I didn't get like huge into it, but I liked riding four wheelers, and I was like never scared to jump one, even though I didn't have any experience. I couldn't tell you how many times I about went over the handlebars or something just because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I could clear that. Yep. And your back end clips the ramp. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, like I said, I've never really been scared to try things, so yeah. I can get you in trouble sometimes too. So. Oh yeah. Yep. I know yeah. what that's like. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Well, it's been been a lot of fun just getting to know yeah, you, hearing sure. your stories and, and just, you know, incredible how God's worked through your life, what that's meant for you. And I'm, I'm super excited for, for you and your family in this next stage of life. Here. I appreciate that. And thank you for having me. I was looking forward to it for a couple of weeks now. So thanks for having me.